Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, something from the cellar, where this week I've been inspired by the new Wham! documentary that I can't stop watching on Netflix. It's a glorious deep dive that celebrates 40 years of one of the most successful pop bands ever to come out of the UK and not just the 80s. So I wanted to revisit uh, two seminal players from that time who have appeared on a previous episode of White Wine Question Time. And George Michael sits at the very heart of who they are and the love story that went on to become their marriage. The Martin and Shirley Kemp. Shirley was, of course, Shirley as in Pepsi and Shirley as in Wham. Martin Kemp was the hottest member of Spandau Ballet. And as you're about to hear, they came to be because George Michael helped to engineer their very first date and even attended a something of a green and hairy gooseberry while they, well, got it on on a stairwell at Camden Palais. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that brings together well-known friends to talk through three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And this week, my guests are more than just friends. They also happen to be man and wife and have been together now for a very impressive almost 40 years. 40 years! Oh, my goodness. I need a medal. He was one-fifth of Spandau Ballet, a band who were ruling the charts the world over and a fun fixture on millions of teenage girls' bedroom walls. When she saw him in a magazine, she had a gut feeling that they'd meet. And the chances that they would were stacked firmly in her favour because she was spotted by him providing backing vocals for Wham! on top of the pops. As soon as he saw her, he was the smitten kitten. Since then, they've raised two glorious children, Roman and Harley Moon. He went on to become an award-winning actor. She nursed and carried him through two terrifying brain tumours. And now they've decided to start working together with the release of their first album, The Swing of It, which is available to pre-order now. Martin and Shirley Kemp. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the show. It's funny listening to it because it's like a film. I'm Is looking it? at this. Oh, I'm like, oh, yes, I, I remember so well sitting in my mum and dad's living room with my back up against the sofa, the arm of the sofa on the floor, watching Top of the Pops and absolutely falling in love with Shirley there and then. Oh. Through the television screen. So really, was it that instant, Martin? You took yeah, one look? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And I remember exactly what you were wearing with that white uh, that white outfit that you had on. I can that... tell you what it was, because I went down the Sunday market and replicated it. Did you? It was a Choose Life t-shirt with a oh, fishtail right. no, skirt. No, no, it wasn't. No, no it was always talking about Wham Wrap. Melissa Kaplan Miss dress. Melissa Kaplan with yeah, a zip. And it had a kind of, no, it had buttons. I, I'll bring it with me next time. Yeah. And it had a little kind of high cut. Yes, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like cream. A fish towel it was a cream thing. dress, and I had a little old brown yeah, belt around the middle right. of it. Yeah. Oh. 
Uh, I remember that white outfit. I was through my mother's Freeman's catalogue like no one's business (laughs) trying to emulate it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it was all about, though. Music and fashion were hand in hand. It was fun. But she looked beautiful, and uh, I remember... Uh, being obsessed uh, and it was only a couple of weeks afterwards that we were at a, a after show party for a show called Yakety Yak with the McGann brothers and uh, in the West End wasn't in it? the West, West End, End opening. yeah yeah West End opening and I saw Shirley across the other side of the room and it took me like a good hours to get the courage up to go over there and when I did Shelley was really disappointed because I had lots of 80s makeup on <laughs> I had no makeup on because we'd all just been swimming me George and Andrew used to go swimming because our friend David was a lifeguard David so Austin just, yes. yeah <laughs> so we used to spend all this time and then we go we were such kids and spontaneous oh let's go to this thing okay we'd never really been to anything and I wasn't dressed up and then Dave, David said Martin Kempsey I was going what what? I could feel myself sinking, thinking, no, 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 don't, I don't want to meet him. Not tonight, please, not tonight. And of course, David, and I see David and Martin walking towards me. And I'm like, this is it, I've lost the chance now, he's never oh. going to like me. And then at the end of the evening, he slipped his uh, phone number in my hand. Oh. I thought, oh but my I goodness. She, I, bet, I bet you, you haven't even registered that she didn't have makeup on or that she just got out the No, of bar. course I didn't. No, no I couldn't even see, see that. that. No. And all I saw was, he's got more makeup on than me. He's got, <laughs> Slightly he's got drag enough ass. hairspray for the, yeah. Hang on, if we could just wheel there. it back a bit. You know, the bit that I can't make sense of here is the words David, Austin and lifeguard together. <laughs> I know. The we two things don't, go, don't so quite match. Well, we used to get my head around We still didn't understand it. That's why we used to go and pretend we were drowning in the end he banned us from going he's going you can't keep coming and going help help because so, david is is a friend of yours yeah, shirley yeah. and was really good friends right remained friends lifelong friends Absolutely, with george yeah, since yeah. They were four years old yeah, yeah. Were brothers yeah yeah he's a lovely so lovely man kind of integral part of our little group but to know him and see him as a lifeguard is to long understand you wouldn't though. trust your life with him yeah. let's put it that way but that's why we used to go to wind him up <laughs> just to annoy him yeah just but to pretend we were Man, he, he really is one of my best friends. Well, and and then your first date came about. You went for a Mexican, am I right, in Covent Garden? But well, there wasn't I just get the a two bit of mixed you. Up here. I thought we did, or was it Camden no, Palace? No, no, no. Let's get this yeah. right. We went to Camden Palace. Our first date was arranged to go to Camden Palace. Shirley called me. Right. It took about three weeks, and Shirley. Oh, you played it cool. I was so nervous. <laughs> and Shirley will tell you the story about calling me. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. What now? Okay. Yeah. So George kept saying, Are you going to call? He was really excited about because George was quite a big Spandau fan at the time. He's going, When are you going to call him? I was going, oh, I can't. Because in those days, you didn't have mobile phones. You called the house phone, and it was always the mum or dad that answered it. <laughs> and, and they read out the number. Yeah. Yeah. I read <laughs> out the number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we were at George's house, and his sister had a phone in her bedroom, and he grabbed me by the hand. He goes, right, I've got the number. Come on, I'm going to dial it. I was going, no, 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 no. You know, and you go, no, 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 I really do want to, but no, 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 no. And he picked the phone, and he dialed it, and he handed it to me. <gasps> my heart was in my throat, and then Martin's mum answered it. And I thought, I'm just, most sort of gets girls calling him all the time. She's going to say, no, he's not here. <laughs> I said, hello, is Martin there? Who is it? Uh, oh, she never said that. <laughs> but it felt like that because I was so nervous. <laughs> and then when Martin picked it up, I, then he went, oh, I'm so pleased you called me. <sighs> and I just, well, oh, and George is looking at his eyes and like head nodding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and so, uh, that was it. I'm yeah. shaking afterwards. So oh. we arranged a first date at the Camden Palace. Do you remember that place? I love right? the Camden yeah, Palace. Of course. What it's is a it cool now? place. Tuesday night. Cocos now. Cocos, right? Yeah. I think it was Cocos. A Tuesday night. And uh, so we arranged a meet, to meet there. And uh, I remember clearly walking down the pavement towards uh, Camden Palace and on, on this first date. And as I get towards Shirley, I see her standing on the pavement outside. And Shirley had brought a wingman, which is not what you want, right, on your first date. You, oh, you know, you, you want really to be on your own. Nervous. Who was your but wingman? She, yeah, George Michael. <laughs> so so George came with us on that day and spent all night standing and... there. <laughs> like a spare part. While yeah, I was really annoyed to... with me that I was snogging too much. Yeah, well, I wanted <laughs> some He's space. Like, oh, my God, you didn't even come up for air. I just stood there. I felt such an idiot. <laughs> Oh, but you two kind of got it well, on. You know, yeah, yeah. So, uh, why do you think? Because I mean, he's one of your oldest friends, George. Yeah. Why do you think he was so gunning for you to go out with Martin? He must have, did. I mean, did he have good vibes about it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was like my. Ag- we were both each other's Agni aunts. Mm. So, um, 
you know, he just thought, oh, I, I know, because he knew I, I used to go on about Martin a lot. So, like anyone, do you know Martin? Kent? Do you know? So I saw a picture of him in a magazine and I used to say to George, I'm going to meet him one day. And then I even told George I'd marry him one day. Did you? That's another instinct, that feeling like, yeah. and he just laughed. I went, I think I'm going to marry him one day. And I did feel that. I'm not just saying that. Yeah. It was an inner feeling that I think I'm going to marry him. And he what? just laughed. So, did he? Um, there you go. Yeah. Then he stopped laughing at all my instincts once he, once I married him. Like, well, maybe she's right. She's like a witch. Yeah. <laughs> and now after all these years and two beautiful children, mm. Roman and Harley, you two have decided to work together. Yeah, how strange after so, all this time. So there's a new album coming out. It's available for pre-order now. It's available yeah. for pre-order now. It's called In the Swing of It. Yeah. And it is a big band swing of, of standard songs. Love you know, it. It's like Fly Me to the Moon and, you know... The way you look tonight. Ain't that look kick tonight. in the head, yeah. way you look tonight. Although all of those stuff. And what we what we found, you know, was that, you know, love songs nowadays, when you listen to them, they're quite down. It's about people leaving you, right? And in the fifties, love songs were about being happy. And so and we tried to make this ha yeah. album that were, was really happy. But it was a purer time. I mean, nobody wrote songs about anything other than feelings. Yeah, you know, the, act, right. of, yeah. the yeah. act of love was never lyrically explained, was yeah. it? Exactly. <laughs> it's really cute. And so what we did, what was what was amazing about this whole opportunity, well, I still call it an opportunity because it kind of came to us. It was just like, well, what songs do you want to sing? So it's like, well, we're just going to choose songs and we can just, and it, there was no pressure on us. So we really kind of went and listened to songs that we felt represented us, especially because I, get asked a lot, oh, what's the secret to your relationship? Yeah. What's this? And I and I really feel when I listen to this album, I'm almost looking at my relationship as an outsider. Aww. So it kind of, all because of the songs we've chosen, you can kind of tell our relationship in the album. From the song choices? Yeah. yeah. Was, this, so. was this originally intended to be a, 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 a duo? You're back in another duo, Shirley. Yeah. It was kind of floating. You know, people had come to me like a couple of years ago and said, do you want to make an album? And so in the end, I went in and recorded a few songs and I went home and I said to Shirley, you know what, Shirley, I'd love to do a song where the two of us are together, you know. And we went and recorded um, You Make Me Feel So Young didn't we uh, and we put that down and we took the, so the bunch of songs to Sony Sony just flipped over Shirley's voice because it, Shirley has got so Shirley has got this voice that sounds like Doris Day and it's absolutely made for those kind of 50 standards uh, and it's beautiful uh, and so they flipped over that and they said this is what we want to do and I said why not I'm up for that I didn't even feel ready is. for it I was like what me me? Are you sure they want me? Okay, uh, I, I, went, I went home. And is I that because it's been a while? Because it's, you, because you, because you are a singer. Yes, but I, I don't sing. I, it's not some. It's, it's something I did when I was younger. I haven't been in a recording studio for thirty years, so it wasn't. And I'm not very good at the celebrity thing. I'm not looking for that. I'm quite private and quite. You like the shade? Yeah, I kind of yeah. like. I like. Yeah, I'll stand in the light, but I don't need to be in the yes. light. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So um, I had to think about all that. Like, oh, wow, that means putting yourself out there again. And that was something that I kind of was quite reluctant for a while. And the producer was lovely. He was going, you've got to get back out there. You know, you should be doing this. And then once we recorded You Make Me Feel So Young, I got the bug. You did. I was like, right, let's go back. Let's go and do all the other songs. And so it's lovely. Yeah. Well, that brings me to my, first, my very first question for you because... Um, I was looking through the track listing, and the only two original songs on there were actually written for you by your daughter, yeah. Harley. Yeah. Which I think is wonderful, and yeah. it's wonderful to hear how she writes you. Yeah, yeah. That's a really yeah. interesting perspective. Yeah. yeah. Her take on us. Yeah. I That's did, what I I did co-wrote co one of them. Did you? you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I used to write songs, so I haven't done that in, in 30 years. So um, I, I, me and Harley co-wrote When We Were Apart. Oh. But she knows, I mean, the songs to the song that she wrote, um, like we used to do, when I heard it, I just smiled so much because I could see it from her perspective yeah. of her mum and dad dancing around the house and us singing. So it's once again, it represents us. It really does. Oh, man. I, I, when I heard that song, first time I heard it and she demoed it, I was in tears oh. because, it, well, it was just her version of us, how she saw us. You know, so it was uh, yeah. a lovely moment, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So what I, what I wanted to know from you two is, mm -hmm. which is the song that says love 
to you. That song that takes you back to the early 80s when you two have locked hearts and you're falling uh, in love. So were Barclay Square? Yeah, Barclay Square's kind of, a big one. Yeah, Because London, that was our playground when we were younger. You yeah, know, we were all over London when we were younger, going out everywhere, finding, you know, little bars, clubs. So that represents my youth. When I think about my time as a youngster, it was London. So Barclay Square. A nightingale sang in Barclay yeah, Square. Which is... Uh, uh, which, which I was... I was doing um, Chicago last year in yeah. the West End uh, uh, and playing Billy Flynn. And uh, there was a warm-up song there. That, 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 you know, you do the vo- vocal warm-up before yeah. you, the show, you know, in the afternoon. And the keyboard player there, the MD, started to play A Nightingale Sang in Barclay Square. And I had never heard it before. But So I, I checked it out in my dressing room straight afterwards. And the words to it were just, I felt at the time, this is like uh, a year and a half ago now, uh, the worst who just represented me and Shirley. This this is before we even thought about making an album and recording this track. But the words to it were just us going out, you know, in town, in, in around Soho on our first dates. And uh, so I had that in my head all the time, that that was our song. And... Um, so when it came to recording the album, that was one of the songs yeah, that I put forward. Yeah, I'd actually not heard you know. that song Had you not? No. Yeah. And when you heard it, did it make sense? Yeah, I could see the chart. Like, it's a visual thing for me. So, yeah, I was thinking, yeah, I can, I can feel this. And that was the other thing. We, were, we even kind of sang a few songs that just didn't work because the intention wasn't. And we thought, you know what, this isn't working because it's not resonating with us. Yeah. So that's why yeah. I feel so I'm so happy about the album because there's so much purity, authenticity in it. It's real. It's not like manufactured from someone else. It's absolutely me and Martin choosing every song and making sure it fitted us. But the way you look tonight is my my favorite on the album. Oh, such a beautiful. It's song. a beautiful song. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's just I feel like when um when you hear that song on the record, it's kind of like letting people listen to our relationship, which uh, I'm really pleased at. Oh, and it's a very romantic song. Yeah, really, yeah. And for ev- I mean, I've, I've probably been running into you for 20 years yeah. now, Martin, and every time you speak of Shirley, and this was before I'd even met you, Shirley. Of course. The love and respect that he has for you pours out of every sentence. I know, it's incredible. I can't believe it myself. But you are, you are Thanks. just, you are just, you are Mr. Romance. Aww. And it's lovely to see Aww. it here. So, and, and what about if I go back to, was it 81 you met? Uh, yeah, 81, 81 and a half, something like that. Yeah. Is there a song from that time that makes you go, oh yeah, that's when we met? Yes. Yeah, go on. So on another date Martin took me to, and I didn't take George on this date, <laughs> he took me to Ronnie Scott's. He said, oh, do you want to come to Ronnie Scott's? My friend's playing. And it was Sade. And I remember her singing Your Love is King. Oh, and yeah. I remember looking over at Martin as she's singing it, and I kind of got that feeling like, oh, what a gorgeous song. So that song, even now, it still feels as fresh when I play it now. I always feel that's my song. That's, that's my song. I'm not sharing that song. But that's isn't my that song. the beauty and power of music? Isn't yeah, it? it's amazing. It's, it's, it's such it a connects. cellular memory because, thing. Because there's millions yeah. of people out there with that same feeling, saying, that's my yeah. song, that's my song. Uh, and it's amazing what it does. Sade at Ronnie Scott's. You really know how to will a girl. Yeah. No one really heard of her then. I remember telling people. That was the last date we had, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then we had kids. Yeah. And it all went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, we went on tour, I think. And then... <laughs> you know, Sade turns 60 this year. Oh, really? Yeah, and she's going to put another album out, I hear. Oh, she, which is oh, literally lovely. music to my ears. Yeah, Hasn't yeah. she done it right, though, you know? Oh, she yeah. stayed out that way. Such a woman, not greedy for the limelight, just yep. about the music, and I love that, and that's kind of how I'd love to do it, but yeah, not as easy as it looks. It's not as easy as it looks. But that is why you're doing it. You're back doing it, because yeah. you want to do it. Of yeah, course. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this whole album isn't something that, um, you know some idea that we've had to go out there and make money or do or you know get back on the road this is because we wanted to do it yeah. this is for each other and uh, so it's also you know something to leave behind as well yeah. which is nice and imagine your grandchildren yeah, yeah that's so I, I said, my grandparents oh, grandchildren on there. I, I, mean, I can imagine Harley got very misty eyed at all of this what about Roman <laughs> Ro took the mickey you know yeah. I mean? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now, he was actually that. complimentary because Harley told me she said, me and Roman had a conversation what if we don't like it 
because they're very honest. We're all very honest with each other because how are we going to deal with this? And then I remember Roman coming back going, oh, my, like, well, God, it sounds incredible. Uh. So I knew. And then Harley said she cried when she heard a song. So you, I knew, ah, oh, if but I you can capture remember, those two, it's, it's going to be good. You've you got to remember, my house is like Media City. Right, it's got you know. Roman goes off to do his uh, radio show in the morning. Harley goes off to run a media company. Me and Shirley, honestly, we walk in, we have a whiteboard in our kitchen, saying who's doing what. You know, it's like a big office. It is, isn't it? Yeah. We're a good production company because I do photography as well. So if yeah. Martin needs a headshot, I'm like straight away. Yeah, what do you need? Your, it? your pictures Fine. of Martin are beautiful. Yeah. Your photo- photography. Check out right. Shirley's Instagram. She has the most exquisite they are eye, beautiful, yeah. and and I love your love of flowers. I share it. And, oh. And, and the way you stage I'm your, worried your f- I'm boring people no keep them coming no, thank you thank you honestly it's beautiful yeah. Yeah. it's beautiful and I only have to close my eyes to imagine what your house will look like based on, on the pictures yeah. that you put up so just think oh, we are a one stop media shop Martin's that's what we are looking on the interiors <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for your next question? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Question number two. If you could go back and live again one period of your life together, what period of, of your relationship would that be and why was it so significant? Um, mine would be uh, uh, to the point where you have kids because that that's the part where you stop being a kid, I think, and you become an adult. Uh, and that is, for me, is the most interesting part of my life because I changed uh, being you know I grew up at that point you, you, uh, you're no longer number one right you, you yeah, can't you're be. no longer number one it's something you don't want to be it's people in your life that are more, far more important than you people in your life you would give your life up for and oh, uh, that is tomorrow, yeah. yeah and uh, uh, like in an instant and um, that is the biggest change in your life and I think when I look back at my life that is those three years that we had where we had uh, Roman and then Harley uh, Harley and then Roman um, <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry Wait, Harley and then Roman uh, <laughs> were the most important three years of my life and that was really a massive ambition fulfilled for you as well because I remember yeah. looking back over magazine interviews and people were interviewing you saying so what do you want next America and you were like no I want, want to be a mum. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, Shirley was obsessed. I was never really ambitious. Honestly, all I can say is, in my life, I've never been ambitious. I've never auditioned for anything in my life. I've never gone to a job interview. Things have just come to me, which is lovely. Um, and all I really wanted was a lovely home with a nice husband <laughs> and some children. So even I remember being in the depths of Pepsi and Jelly and doing a second album, and I'm thinking, I've got to get out of this. I don't want to keep touring the world. I want to have flowers at home and candles and, and create a beautiful home. That was always my biggest, still is, it's the most important thing to me is that my home is my sanctuary and that every, when you come into my home, it, you know, it's like, oh, I love it here. That it feeling. envelops you. Yeah, yeah. So, um forgotten what the question was. It was about your ambition to become my, parents. So for oh Martin, yeah, it, that, so, that's his so most... So obviously, yeah. yeah, you know that my ambition, because I was diagnosed with endometriosis when I was very young, and it was I was told that I may not be able to have children. So I think that also sparked something. Yeah. Once you're told you can't do something, you're like, I, I'm, you know... I must. So that was a worry for me. But luckily I did have children. But for me, you know, look when you look back, and as soon as I pick up pictures of the kids when they were tiny, especially when they're around kind of eight and four that age went oh I miss that so much it makes my heart break I'm in tears when I look at those photos it does it makes you ache for them doesn't it ache and ache and also our parents were alive then and you just realized there was so much around us and now you know but we both lost our parents kids have left home and you suddenly like so luckily this album has filled that huge void that was was there. Because you 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 do, don't you? I mean, the the thing is, you're so busy in that moment, raising children, busy lives, busy Christmas. Yeah, you don't appreciate it enough. You don't smell the roses. You you see, that's that's the big thing that I try and pass on to Harley and Roman, uh, and it always has been, is is to stand back and breathe in the good times. Stand back and make sure you recognise it. Because... All of us are in too much of a rush to get to the next point. It's kind of like I remember being a kid and my ambition, you know, when we started out in music and 
my ambition was to play the marquee, right? But when you get to the marquee, by the time you've got there, your ambition has already moved on yeah, to, to Hampstead Wembley. Podium. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then your ambition's moved on to Wembley. But then your ambition's moved on to Wembley Stadium. And you can never quite fulfill it. So you never get that moment where you stand back and say, I've done it. Because you're always on to the next thing. Yeah. And I think that's been my big thing with Harley and Roman is to, is to show them that you have to take that breath and breathe it in. Yeah, savour it. Yeah, yeah, I always remember I read that uh, Deepak Chopra book years ago and it said success is not a destination. And I think that may be one of the best kind of piece of things I've ever read because it just made so much sense to me. It's kind of like when you've climbed a mountain and you've got there in the top and you're on your own and you look around, well, no one else is here. Yeah, well, You've got to go back down again. Yeah. So it's kind of such a symbolic thing for me to think, yeah, success is not a destination. No, it's about happiness, isn't it? Yeah, it's the journey. It's what you're doing every day. Are you yeah. happy every day? Or do you think you'll only be happy if you reach that point? Yeah. Then that's not going to work. Well, I call them fast food goals because they never fill you up for long. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And, yeah. and then yeah. you go, oh. That's right. That's a bit empty. I mean, like last yeah. week I sent my son started secondary school and that's a rite of passage and I'm oh, sure yeah, you can remember yeah. that with your kids. Yeah. So, you know, and literally as we walk into the, the new school, I went to hold his hand and he went, no, oh. no, oh. He no. said, and he looked at me and he went, don't because I might get bullied. Oh. And I said, okay, and I'm saying out of the corner of my mouth, but I love you. And he's like, oh. I love you too. And I thought, this is it. It's yeah. a gear change. And yeah. I literally sobbed all the way. Yeah, yeah you do. Because and now you. he's on to the next stage, the next yeah. phase. And if I could just rewind and have... I know. And if I could just change his nappy. Yeah. Or just, or just rock him off for an afternoon sleep yeah. in there my you go. arms again. See, see, oh. see, that goes back yeah. to the question that you asked me. Yeah, you know, what's the, the most pleasures. important point in your life? It's that. Yeah. yeah and I don't think... Uh, nothing will beat that. Nothing. I remember actually when I was doing um, X Factor, Sharon Osbourne always used to say that we used to spend hours sitting in makeup yeah. having our faces rebuilt yeah. and um, she would, would say if I could just have 24 hours with my kids as babies yeah. oh and I said what would you do yeah. she's like I'd jump in the swimming pool with them I'd change I their know. nappies I'd hold their hands I'd kiss them all over and you just at the time I you know I, I didn't have kids I didn't and get you it can't yeah. understand it can you no but when you say you look at those pictures Shirley and I'm you sorry. Ma- if I go down some days and Martin went you've been looking at pictures <laughs> I'm yeah. looking at a wreck yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I can't breathe oh Oh, I'm just looking at photos. <laughs> so. yeah. But we, uh, Harley was born in Hendon in London, wasn't she? Yeah. In a natural birthing clinic, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, I remember driving home from there and there was this massive harvest moon up in the sky, you know, and so we ended up calling the Harley moon yeah. for that reason. Uh-huh. And then Roman was born in Los Angeles because I was working on a film over there. And at the time, Shirley was nine months pregnant. And I said to show, I've got to be at a birth. The only thing we can do is for you to come to America. Nine months pregnant, right? But you were thrilled, Shirley. Now, this, this is completely just... not allowed, right? No, you so, can't fly. So, no. Shirley was the size of a house, right? Absolutely. And uh, I remember getting to uh, Los Angeles, into customs, and Shirley is sweating, right? So we get all the coats and the bags and everything, and we put it on top of Shirley's big old belly, <laughs> trying to hide the fact that she's pregnant. I mean, you're not allowed to go in after your four months or five it's months like pregnant. 28 weeks. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And so we put all the coats and the bags on top of Shirley. Shirley gets up to the customs and starts having contractions. No! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Wearing so, all the coats. Yeah. Oh, she happening? starts having contractions yeah. going up towards the customs. And I'm thinking, no. And just as the contraction stops, we walk through and the guy stamps her passport. And we get to the other side, contraction comes back again. I go, oh my goodness, that was the luckiest thing that ever happened. So where did you go straight to the hospital? So we I went uh, to yeah, so Cedar Sinai. Yeah. So I'd kind of found ahead of time a doctor, obstetrician, and, and all that. But uh, so, yeah, it's quite an experience having a baby when you've got no family or friends there and, and 500 coats on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking yeah. like Joey Tribbiani yeah, in episode of Friends. It was exactly a scene <laughs> out of a, the clothes. It they gave Roman an American passport film. at the end of the day, which I didn't kind of intend for that, but it was just. Uh, well, you know, post Brexit, he might be yeah. pleased with that. Yeah, yeah you never know. Be. You, you might have done know. him a favour. <laughs> you might hold it against me as well. Interesting, though, isn't it, that you've both identified similar moments in your married life that are nothing to do with you two. It's all about your parenting. Yeah. yeah, kids. Come but I think first. that's Always, because yeah. we're really similar. Martin was such a great father, as I felt like I was a full, you know, hundred percent mother. Martin was the hundred percent father as well. 
There was never kind of we were putting everything into it. It's not like I ever thought he's not doing his thing or so. Uh, no, I loved it. Yeah. Absolutely, I loved it. I wouldn't change it for the world. Grandchildren next, though. That's the bit yeah. I get excited about. Like, yeah. Get to do it I just don't know if I'll be so worried about them. I think I'll annoy my kids. Have they strapped in? Have you got home? Have you done this? <laughs> I might, my brain yeah. won't switch off. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. My last question. In the 40 years that you two have been together, the way we live, the way we communicate, the way we eat, exercise, everything has changed irrevocably in some ways. If you could reinstate anything from the last 40 years in our, into our day-to-day living to make it better, what would it be? Um, that you can just go to a Woolworths or Art Price and buy music directly from a shop <laughs> instead of having to work out how to download and buy. So... Uh, yeah, it's very simple with those days. But I mean, there's not much I do miss, I've got to say. But uh, I just know that one, I actually lost contact with music when it all went to Wi-Fi because it couldn't work out, wasn't connected to things. <laughs> and I thought, are you telling me if the Wi-Fi goes down, I can't hear music? Yeah. That really annoys me. I hate having to be reliant on the Wi-Fi. And actually, you're right, there, was the, there is something wonderful, that rite of passage of saving up, going into town oh, on a Saturday, yeah. buying, buying that single and not being able to play it till you got home. Yeah, but I used to read everything. All the liner on notes. The album, all the thank yous, yeah. what are the lyrics, pull it out, what's the imagery. You know, the 70s was a huge, I've got big, I had older brothers and sisters and my dad's record collection, everyone in my house loved music. So there were album covers and artwork and I just used to have them all around me and just read, I didn't read books, I read um, you know, record sleeves and album sleeves. But you know, over and over I again. We, yeah, yeah. you yeah. learn them like lyrics. Love them. We were very lucky, you know, because we were involved in the last great eras of pop culture. Mm. You know, I, I think nowadays what is pop culture? Pop culture sits behind a, a laptop and a, and a telephone for a, a lot of kids. Well, for a lot of a lot of artists as well, they're a brand. Yeah, not just an artist. Yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's just different times, yeah. isn't yeah, it? Yes, different. But my daughter yeah. said something interesting because I was in that. Obviously, we were in that punk era. And that was such an exciting time to just make up whatever you're going to wear. And that represented someone would say, oh, you must like that music because mm. that's what you're wearing. It's quite tribal. And she, yeah. And she says, I would love that. She goes, all my friends just look scruffy. She goes, no one, you can't tell anyone. She goes, I love the fact that you were dressed to the music you liked. Yeah. You know, if you like the Bay City Rollers, you've got your tartan outfit on and all things like that. So, yeah, we come from that era where your kind of clothes represented your music. It was like a musical uniform, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, and it was just And the only ones left now really are goths. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 But but then, you know, it's the same thing. You you hold that as that's your flag, isn't it? And you walk around and you're holding your flag up and you're saying, this is who I like, this is who I am. But that doesn't really exist at the moment. 
know. And you're right, actually, as a, as a, as a teenage girl growing up, uh, that became a massive part of my identity. Yeah. You know, I would go out. I mean, I literally emulated You've everything you wore on top thank of the pops. You. <laughs> I have even got, I even had day glow fingerless gloves. That <laughs> <laughs> were so flammable. I can't, everything was on the cheese. <laughs> so I used to go down the Sunday market <laughs> and they're like, oh, look, they've got knockoff fishtail skirts <laughs> from Pepsi and Shirley. Yeah. I'll have all of them, please. Oh, Lots of plastic beads. <laughs> but that was my identity. Yeah. And it was fun and yeah. it's kind of experimental and it's, you're know, just kind kind of showing a part of your identity. Whereas now, kids just, it seems so insular. I've got a 12-year-old niece, and she will come to my house, but she will spend so much time on her phone. Mm. Well, everything, everything phone, they do is on their phone. And then she'll look in the mirror, and then she'll look on the phone. You think she's getting herself ready now to get a photo, and then she's got a little selfie happens. So, yeah, I, I think that's quite sad, that how how the phones have taken away that kind of interaction with people. So you were talking as well about when you phoned Martin to set up your first date. Yeah. The fact that on you, the landline. On the landline, right? <laughs> and his mum was going to answer. And yeah. You had to get through the layer of the parents Absolutely. before you got him to the phone. <laughs> yeah. And then you know you'd, you'd make an arrangement and you'd have to stick by it. There was yeah, no like texting. You, I'm running late. How did late. we know? How did we find each other? No, we just. How did, did we yeah. know that we were going out to that club? I think maybe because you just knew your club was on, say, the Wag Club on a Thursday night. We just knew we'd be there. Yeah. So, well, you knew what club represented you. Harley always asked me that. How did you know where to meet everyone? I was going, I can't. I think there was just a few places you went to on a certain night and that was it. That was it. That was the prediction. And everybody just turned up. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I mean, I remember my first relationship, proper relationship. Um, I was told by my parents, because he lived in London and we lived in the country, you can't keep ringing him, the bills are too much. Yes. So we wrote letters to each other <laughs> in the week yeah, I before thought... we saw each other on a weekend. <laughs> I love that. Well, I've collected, I still got all the postcards that Martin said, because obviously oh. when we went on tour, the only way to yeah. communicate was a postcard. So well, he used to send it, was... it to my mum and dad's house, and I'd send it to his mum and dad's house. It was house. too expensive. <laughs> the you... whole family read it. <laughs> I've got your postcard. <laughs> you could, but you couldn't afford to do it any other way. When I went on tour with the Spandau Ballet yeah. in the early days, I mean, to use a phone from a hotel room would cost so you an arm and a leg. You know, So the only way that you could communicate was for postcards and I used to be home a lot of the time before they even yeah. got there <laughs> but hold on I remember the first international phone call we'd ever had in our house my because the operator would ring yeah would you take a call from Italy and my dad went I guess just thought he's acting odd he's going hello oh oh una momento <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's never been abroad. Why is he called saying Una Memento? And then it was Martin calling me from Italy. And my whole family stood round the phone watching me because some of Martin's calling as if they're in Italy with him. Like, hello, be quick. Like, they're going, hurry up, hurry up. And, th- and so now, you know, when I'm away now, you know, it's the big thing. A lot of people do it, you know, is I call on FaceTime. Shirley puts FaceTime at the oh, dinner table amazing, and we have dinner together. Yeah. That's you amazing. Know? When you were in Australia, I remember you yeah. went there and we were just, I didn't feel had gone that far because he was just yeah. still in the kitchen. But there is also equally the thrill of that aching, longing, waiting to see each other again, not yeah. being able to access each other so readily. So it heightens the romance. That, that yeah, was us. Course. Yeah, that was well, us. Well, let's get, let, uh, be honest, there's good and there's bad. Of course. It, you, know? Yeah. And yeah. you know, in an yeah. age of parenting, I want FaceTime. I want to be able to track that yeah. child. Yeah. Well, that's I, why I follow my kids on social media so I know, know exactly yeah. what they're doing, where they're For doing me and it. Shirley, it made us stronger. You know, for a lot of people, it tears them apart. Yeah. Uh, so it is good and bad. I love that. The whole idea of your family all staring at the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got Italy on the Italy. Italy. That's, that's like, like the Eurovision. That's my daughter. See, if I'd have known, I would have whispered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's he saying? It's my dad. Uno momento. <laughs> <laughs> it's Spanish. <laughs> it was like a scene out of Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> and Martin, what would you reinstate from the last 40 years to enhance your day-to-day lives and, um, and the lives of uh, What do you miss? I suppose you miss the innocence, you know, and the naivety of life and finding out about life together and, and the beginning of that journey. Um you know, I'd love to go back to those days, I suppose, and feel that again. Mm. Because with experience, you lose that, you yeah. know, and you can't help it. You know, I'm not talking about losing excitement of being with each other. I'm talking about just the naivety of life and finding out about things, you know, and discovering the world together. Um, because Shirley and I have been together since we were kids, really. Uh, you know, um, 
how old were we? Like 20, 20, 20 yeah. years old. Mm. And uh, so there was a naivety about it. And you miss that. And I think everybody does. Mm. You know, I think that's what I would re reinstate. Uh, but it's not possible. You can't, you know, you, you can't turn back the clock as much as I'd like to. I'll just get the old photos out. Shelly will be in tears. Yeah, Shelly will be crying. <laughs> do you, but you're, you're equally as nostalgic because you post pictures of the kids as babies on Instagram. And, and your love as a, as a father <clears throat> it just oozes out of your feed. It's lovely. Uh, uh, of course, you know. I mean, they were, like I said, they were obviously my favourite days ever. You know, forget Live Aid and forget all those things that you achieve in your life, in your career. Um, my favourite memories are the kids growing up and them as babies and them as children. And uh, but I love that idea when I look back that I was discovering the world and I was discovering losing my naivety and um, discovering each other. And you're in a lot of ways, I suppose, discovering your own personality. And once you reach, I, I've always thought once you reach 27, you stay at 27 in your mind. Oh, God, gotcha. uh, And you, I think you've discovered everything about yourself by 27. Well, I don't know about that, but, well, I mean, but, but well, mentally you know, I haven't moved I on. Think, uh, but yeah, oh, but yeah. that's me. I'm stuck at 27 <laughs> yeah, in my head, you know. <laughs> my body's 57, but my, my actual mental age is uh, 27. Mine, but yeah, but I'm saying that, much. your head has been through an awful lot more than most. Yeah, know, it has, Two yeah. brain tumours. Exactly. Yeah, well, it got opened I mean, up a few times. Jeez, yeah. And, I mean, again, that's in. where your instincts kicked in, Shirley. When I was, mm. I was reading some old interviews with you, and you were just refusing to accept when you had, you mm. had your second tumour. Mm. And they were saying, God, tough time. Well, we're going to have to even operate. Before... She was like, hang on a minute. And you yeah. found some yeah. world-beating doctor with yeah. one machine down the road yeah. from you. Well, what yeah. was incredible was even before Martin was diagnosed with a brain tumour, I kept touching his head and said, I'm not, I just think there's something about your head that's, there's something like they had this little bump and he went to the doctor. I said, oh, I think it's a calcium growth. And then I said, I think it's getting a bit bigger. And I kept insisting, you need to go back to the doctor. And men are very bad at going to the doctor. And Martin is. You'll get there and go, I feel fine. Then come back to me going, I don't feel well. I mean, I get back to the doctor. <laughs> I am not the doctor. But I was sitting but in, I was doing a, a show called The Outer Limits in Canada. And they, I was playing this old professor that discovered a formula for everlasting life. And it all goes wrong because it was The Outer Limits, obviously. And... Um, uh, they were pulling on a board cap to make me look like 200 years old, you know. And as they pulled it on, this lump on my head just was so pronounced. It looked like Ayers Rock or something sticking out the top. And the, the calcium had just like doubled in a matter of weeks, you know, and it was huge. And so they sent me home from there straight away and within, within hours, basically, they, they had me on the operating table for eight hours cutting the whole thing away but when they cut the first one away uh, they found a second one that was sitting right inside uh, at the top of my spine that was hiding and that would have been the one that would have killed me if so it wasn't for the first a... one so but I have to I look at it is if it was the <clears throat> luckiest thing yeah, that has ever happened lucky. to me in my life because it could it could quite easily uh, uh, the Spin of a coin, it could have been cancer, yeah. and it wasn't. It no, was a benign tumor that was cut out. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, but on the second one, they were going to have to operate on you again. You'd already had to learn to walk again, and yeah. you'd temporarily yeah. lost feet. I mean, you've been through yeah. hell. That was the worst thing because people we didn't tell anyone about the second one. So, obviously, Martin had gone through so much having you know his skull taken away, and you know, just the bruising from that first operation took months for him to recover. And all I kept thinking was, oh, no, people were going to me, you must be so relieved now. And I'm thinking, you don't know, he's got a second one. So I didn't, we didn't want to tell anyone that. And we didn't want, you know, it's just so... Well, sometimes when things are, are so frightening, you can't even talk about it because no. you don't even want to put it out there for it to be true. Well, you don't want to accept so, it yourself. <laughs> that's right, yeah. So, um, but you never gave up on it, Charlie. Because I was furious, to be honest with you. Yeah, I you was furious mission, with you? something. I thought, what's gone on? Why has Martin got this? He's such a. And I realised, okay, so it doesn't matter if he's been a good person or we've, you know. So then I spent the whole of the nineties going on this huge spiritual healing journey, trying to find. Because I sat there and I said to the professor, "Why has he got the brain tumor?" He just looked at me and said, "We don't know," and that made me really angry. I was really had a lot of anger and I thought, you're a professor and you do not know why he's got this. So then I just went on this whole mission, got healers around the house. Martin was kind of like, okay, yeah, if you want. 
But so you just I just thought there had to be yeah. more of a reason. Of it can't just be I don't know. But, they're but just I, like Martin's But I will say, you know, it, it, we, after the first one was cut out, the couple of years after that, when it was time to approach the second one that was hiding itself and growing at this super vast rate, you know, that I had to have taken out, um, Shirley and George phoned around the whole of the world looking for someone to, to sort it Let's out. Let's go so to what, You and George hit the phone. I said to George, I said... I, Obviously said to him, what he said they doesn't know why, doesn't and I said, I just can't accept this. And he says, I know. Okay, we well, the best place is to go to go to America. So I've called back um the professor and I'm going, right, we need to look into America. And then within a week or so he said, Actually, I found a professor black in America and he suggests that this is what we're gonna try. So we were all ready to sell our house, everything, whatever we had to do to go over to America and have treatment. I didn't care. And then he said but the good thing is we can do this at Bart's Hospital, which was just when we lived in London around the corner from us. I'm thinking, why? Oh, how did this, you know? So it is that sometimes... But if you hadn't demanded answers, sometimes you, you have to push, that. yeah, because yeah. I was angry. I was really angry that... I don't believe there's, this is nothing you can do about this. But when I look back, so, I was such a man because uh, when <laughs> when the doctor was saying... Um, uh, we we um, we can't do anything about this one in the middle. This second one, he says, you know, we're going to have to cut through the middle of the brain, open it up. You're going to use lose the use of your legs. You might lose your eyes, and and so on and so on. It, it was a disaster. It was a car crash, and uh, and and he's saying, but we're going to have to get it out to save your life. So we're going to have to accept the terms and Shirley's going nope we're not doing that we're going to find someone else I'm going Shell shush shush it's the doctor shush she's texting George going keep calling America yeah yeah and I'm going Shirley shush he knows what he's talking about I'll just go and get it done and uh, Shirley stopped him from doing that and took it on herself and her and George found someone. And I do advise anyone with a lot of kind of illnesses, look into it. Don't accept what someone's telling you. Because actually, what, what you ended up having by way of treatment was almost like a chemotherapy. So there was radiation. Like radiation. Radiation, yeah. So there yeah. was no surgery. They didn't no have to, surgery. No, didn't yeah. have to open you up again. Yeah, which stereotactic radiation I had, which was like two lasers coming together at some at one point in your brain that, that kind of burns that section out. But you have to stay so still while it's happening, is that right? Oh, yeah, they you're lock you in, into yeah. the, Well, they lock you into the machine. And it was you quite must funny. have been absolutely well, terrified. Well, what happens is a couple of weeks before that, they take you into hospital and they... In those days, I know it's different now because uh, I've worked on a few of those machines now and I opened a few up in different hospitals. And uh, in those days, they used to build this Perspex box that fitted around your head, right? Like something and, uh, and they said, uh... <laughs> and uh, so the first one, like Shirley said, you know, I admitted and I said to everybody, okay, I've got this brain tumor, I've got to sort out. Second one, we were trying to keep quiet. So when it came around to doing the second one, they took me into Bart's and they built this Perspex box around my head so they could lock it into the machine and get the laser to hit my brain in the right, absolutely the right position. And it came to the day of the surgery itself when they're going to stick the lasers in. And they I take me into Bart's and they put the Perspex box on. And then they started to put me into a wheelchair and they're wheeling me out of Bart's. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to keep this quiet. Hang on a second. <laughs> and before I know it, they're wheeling me down the street with this in a wheelchair with, with this Perspex box around my head and there's all people across the road going it's Martin Kemp <laughs> Martin imagine if they had phone videos then. yeah exactly Boomerang. You'd, have been, you'd have gone viral but anyway they locked me into the machine and uh, they zapped me for 20 minutes and within six months it was dying the the uh, tumour was dying process, and it, and it so, disappeared yeah, yeah. Without without the the risk of that surgery, you also didn't run the risk of losing your legs, exactly. your sight. It was I mean, so much safer. Your tenacity and your anger, yeah. Shirley, yeah. was yeah. was because life giving. It, it, yeah. yeah, because and it wasn't it, that process that they used on me wasn't something they would they had ever tried before on benign tumours. They tried it on cancerous tumours, but not on benign, not on the type of tumour that I had. So it was a... a but communication a first, uh, yeah. is a key for so many yeah. things in life. If you just miss a little bit of information... Yeah. It can change the whole course of your life. So I took you out to so, dinner, didn't I, Shell? For, for so, doing that. Uh, 
is remarkable. I'm saying about your relationship again, that gave my relationship with Martin a whole other meaning for my gratitude. Just to think my husband's still alive. You know, that was... Doesn't matter if he's annoying, he's alive. Yeah, so so then I just was kind of so much easier on everything. But you know, when uh, you go through times like that, I think they either tear you apart or they bring you together. And for us, Shirley and I, we were lucky it brought us together. And it's probably skewed your view on life massively without you, you know... Yeah. The fact that, you know, when we talk about those moments you'd like to go back and re- revisit again, it's all about those 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 little moments. It's yeah. not live aid. No. It's no. your Because the only thing that's real in life stuff. is love. Because once you've, lo- if you ever lost people in your life, you still hold that love for them. No matter, you can have someone's watch. Like, I'm not materialistic. I wouldn't be looking for something that someone owned. Their love that I've had for people that I've lost is so deep in me. That's my, that makes me who I am. So I really know that that love is the only thing that's real. And that is my absolutely foundation. Mm. That's your currency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's the one that we should all measure everything by, really. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Oh, it's so nice to have you two in. And the yeah. album's out on New the 22nd adventures. of November. 22nd but you can November, pre-order it now, can't you, yeah. on yeah. iTunes yeah, and, and all of the other places that you now download your music. Yeah, and I however think you do that. You might even be able to find some physical copies in old, old school oh, record shops. Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. supermarkets. I made them do vinyl. Yeah, apparently the supermarkets. The record company, I said, when will I get a CD? I made them do vinyl as well. Because we all love vinyl, Especially with swing because yeah, if you course. hear the, that needle on the be. record and that little crackle it has to yeah. be so we made them so, be yeah, vinyl we're, we're, yeah, yeah really pleased that they're oh, vinyl best of luck I really hope Thank it's not so I, I hope it's not the last time that we hear you no on, on I record. hope it's not I've got the bug now oh, I love like, it when am I getting back when am I getting back in that studio so, uh, no it's amazing it oh, was lovely you. talking to you thank you both thank you for the wine no no lovely very well White Wine Question Time is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.